I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, this is the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast. We pulled up in Limerick to meet with Graham McCormick. Uh, Irish fighter, Limerick man, proud Limerick man, and uh, winning at life, I think, Graeme. Yeah, definitely winning at life, but winning yeah. at life 100%. Um, it's been some journey you've been on recently. You're fighting again in the RDS, taking on Dominic Donegan in a, in a rematch. How's things going for you in recent weeks? Yeah, great, but things are, things are going great. Camp are going great. You know, I feel really good, feel fit, strong, you know. had a good time to think after my last fight, you know what I mean? So... Like I, I decided to keep fighting, you know what I mean? Like, like people say, oh, he's 36, but I feel great, you know what I mean? Like I'm having got loads of miles up the clock. I didn't turn until I was 30, you know what I mean? So look, I wanted to get straight back in there, you know what I mean? And, and so I was saying, like, I don't want, I don't want easy fights, I don't want journeyman fights, I want the best fights possible I can get. And you know, I was talking this fight and that fight, and then he said, look, there's a rematch there for you, for you and Dan, if you want it. I said, yeah, 100%, let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean, I was not against something like that, like, but... You know, these are the fights I want, man. These are the fights you want to be in. For me, anyway, like, these are the fights I want to be in. The like, derbies, the yard. Yeah, fights. the Irish fights. You know, the biggest fights you can get, you know what I mean? And So then when I want to do it, I look back, I can say, look, I, I fought everyone I could possibly fight, you know what I mean? And, and that's what it is. That's what it's about for me, man. You seem in good form. You seem like you chippy, smile on your face, you yeah. know, fit, looking fit and strong. The last time I seen you, I saw you, you were quite downbeat and you were like, you wanted to kick the wall almost. <laughs> now, you weren't raging, but like, you know, you are there. Ready to celebrate. Um, so the, the the story is you fought um, Craig McCarthy yeah, from Waterford in Waterford, yeah. and uh, he got the nod at yeah. the end of the fight. There was a disputed knockdown in your favor. Basically, you and your entire camp thought that you won the fight. Yeah. And memorably for me, your mother definitely thought you won the fight. She <laughs> wouldn't get out to be praised. I was like, I didn't score the fight, but nevertheless. I remember meeting you after the fight and um, we all went back for a pint to us. Some of us did, you didn't, you didn't yeah. drink alcohol, but some of us went back to the bar afterwards and you were quite downbeat and you, mm. you were kind of saying, the F-boxing, yeah. I've had enough. Mm. Um, can you bring us back to your thought process after a fight and what, what's it like to, to lose a close one that you feel like you won? It's, that one was hard, man. You know what I mean? That one was very, very hard. And like, you know, I suppose it's no secret that we had loads of beef building up to the fight me and Craig and there was a lot of stuff after the fight no, but that like I said it on another interview that was all emotional thing I don't I had nothing to say about him or his team or anything like that all nothing negative to say about him I actually don't care anymore but at the time man it was cut wrenching it was definitely the, the hardest pill for me to swallow because I felt like I won the fight a lot of people around me felt like I won the fight so like that was definitely the hardest loss for me that I took in, in my professional boxing career because we did we did feel like we won the fight and then when I came home and watched the fight I feel like I won the fight even more <laughs> so it was a real kick in the side man. but like mentally like I kind of felt like fuck boxing like what's the point like you know what I mean you come down here and put on a good performance and, and you don't get the decision and you feel like you should have got the decision but you know what now that it's all said and done I've not bad to say about Craig I've seen you know let them off and do what you want to do it happened the way it happened and that's just the way it happened for me and that's where it had to happen and there's nothing I can do about it now I can I could have kept on cribbing the morning about it or I could have just dusted myself off and got back on my life and that's what I've done man you know what I mean and like at the time I didn't want to I didn't want to box again like I was just I said it to that night yeah, you know what I mean you were I, fed up you were just, on the brink of retirement yeah it was yeah. just like but, you know it's just a kick in the stones man you know what I mean like you know I said you put, you put in these big hard camps and, and you get this big fight and you know and it's for when you feel like it's taken from me like that and it was just it was a hard result because I'd last twice before I lost Paul Keane in a very close fight in Scotland that was you know it was okay okay I lost a better fight around the night last of August Quinn for August Quinn starting the sixth round you know 
that was it. You lost, you know, you move on. You don't survive, you move on. But when it's, when it's like that, man, it's just that bit harder, you know, it's just that bit harder. But I came home, I done a lot of thinking, you know, and time on my own, I was like, okay, I can either, I'll be going to kick up with this thing for a couple of days. And I was like, oh, fucking shut up, Graham. Like, something move on with it, man. It's not like life goes on, like, you know, it's not. It's quite, easy to feel sorry for yourself. A hundred percent. And I can, I can, I can me more than anything can jump in that hole poor me you know what I mean the whole victim mentality comes in yeah. from, from being an addict the victim mentality comes in and I, I can cling on to that you know what I mean so I had to make sure I didn't do that so I was like I have a couple of days extra my voice she's like Grant get over now love do you know what I mean it's not just still far from me yeah. and we'll go again it's not as good like it's not fair we'll, we'll go into it and we'll go into it shortly but your backstory is, is such a story of like perseverance and recovery yeah but did did your pre- previous experience in life I suppose help you get over the loss 100% it also helped me get over the whole situation you know what I mean like there was loads of stuff going on there yeah, not just happened. the loss not just the loss just just yeah. the whole thing that went down there and I just you know from now I actually don't care now you know what I mean no like I'm like alright look at this I'll just let them off and do what they want and I want, I'd pass them and I'd say they'd pass me and I'd say do you know what I mean it's, it, at the time I was like fuck them fuck this fuck that <laughs> fuck <laughs> blah blah no, like, so it is what it is, you know. I remember saying to you afterwards that night, like, don't be so hard on yourself. You boxed as well as I've ever seen you fight. Yeah. Um, whether you won the fight or not, I, I couldn't, I wasn't convinced. I wasn't, I, yeah. I, thought, I think I scored a draw. Right? Yeah. And I said, boy, I still said, I think you've, because you were probably two weight divisions out. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Craig is a much bigger fighter. Mm. I remember saying to you, I think you box as well as I've seen you box mm. and head up and, you know, you play yeah. the offer. So, I'm glad to see that you have decided to return. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, like I said, we, I could have kept on crib in the morning, but like I said, the more I thought about it, it, it was a great performance, whether in my way or whether in his way, you know, it is what it is. It did go his way, and that's the way it is. It's my record, not the last, nothing I can do about it. So I mean, but like, I never got into boxing, but and I always said it from the start, I never got into boxing to be a DJ and worry about my record. I got into boxing to get into the best fight I could possibly get into, to try and win a couple of titles and to give my own for that path to follow. Mm. When he goes on, you know what I mean? Now, hopefully, now he already is better boxing me and has better head with me, so he doesn't get hit as much as I do. But, but just to give him that choice to follow, you know what I mean? And, and you know, I'm grateful that I, that I have the opportunity to keep continuing to fight, you know what I mean? Were you born to be a fighter? Will you share a birthday with Arthur Rogatti? I, I, I'm a born fighter, but I'm fighting since the day I was born. But actually, when I, when I was born, one of my lungs wasn't working, they told me I wouldn't survive, you know what I mean? So I'm fighting since, since the day I was born, but and then grew up in Limerick, you're always fighting, you know what I mean? So we, I'm fighting, I don't know, let's go fighting, you know what I mean? I started boxing late, but I wanted to start boxing at nine, my mother never let me. She said, no, 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 I'm not going down there, right? But so I was fighting on the road anyway, like, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually want to box until I was 14, but I fully believe I was born to fight, you know what I mean? What club did you start with? I started with St. Francis, I was there for a good couple of St. Francis. Started, I remember when I started, Andy Lee, it was before I went to the Olympics, we were friends with Andy, like, before I went to the Olympics and you know everyone looked up to Andy even before he got his Olympics because he was just such a good role model for young kids still is to this day you know what I mean but like at the time everyone looked up to him and then he made the Olympics you know what I mean so we all we all looked up to Andy at the time you know and then as I got older I kind of you know found alcohol and the rest of the stuff and <laughs> Boxing yeah. kind of got the back burner, you know. Were you, uh, were you a good fighter as a teenager? I was good, man, yeah. And had you much experience in the street age 10, 12, 13, 14? Because I was doing a lot of fights. In, I was doing know, a lot of fighting in, in, in the road with my, you know, young kids probably never we fought a lot, you know what I mean? We are always fighting, like, but as a boxer, man, like, <laughs> I think it's badly, but I boxed completely differently when I was an amateur boxer on the back foot, not mixing it up, counter-watching and moving away, you know what I mean? I boxed with, I think I had my first 10 fights without a loss. And then I fought a man in his 30s and he beat me. I was devastated, you know what I mean? So I kind of, at that then I kind of, was kind of jumps, stop, start career for me then, you know what I mean? As amateurs, I kind of came in and came out of it, came in and came out of it. So I think I had about, all together as an amateur, I had about 50 fights, 30 on my book and I had about 20 exhibitions. I had about 50 fights as an amateur, one Munster title, one Limerick title, and copy in the Ireland's. I was an okay boxer, but you know what I mean. If I had, if I had the attitude now that I have when I was young, I would have been, I would have been brilliant. I would have been brilliant, man. You know what I mean? And that, that what it shows me now is the fact that boxing is more mentality and attitude than it is anything else. Yeah, Do you know that's how I look at it now. And if I, if and I suppose when you're a young kid, you don't see that. So like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. So I mean, I'm going to drink with my friends this Saturday and I come back to the gym Monday. Yeah. Whereas now, like, I know I have to live in the gym. Like, you know what I mean? You have to, you have to be in the gym every single day. Like, maybe take a day off here and there. Like, but it's, it's train, train, train. And that's kind of what you need as a, to, to reach the top. Were your ambitions when you started off in boxing to be an Olympian, a professional fighter, or was it just to get off and, you know, find something to do? And, uh, and pro- professional was kind of the thing. You kind of all wanted. When I first started about it, I just wanted to get better because I started at 14. I wasn't great, but I picked it up quick, you know what I mean? And I really enjoyed it. Boxing is a game. 
And I said this to the guy again, they're a lot of love and hate instantly, I think. I see it with kids in our club even, like, you know, you're a lot of love really hate it straight away. And I loved it. I loved my first spell, even though I got beat up. Got beat up my first spell. One of my best friends actually was my first spell, Colin Moyne, and he dropped me with a body shot. My first ever spell, and I loved it. I wanted more, I wanted more, I wanted more. And I think for me at the start, it was just about getting better. And then the more I boxed, the more ambitions I had. I wanted to go to Ireland. I wanted to become the best I could become, you know what I mean? And, you know, go pro and stuff like that, like, you know? At the time, obviously, Limerick was known sporting-wise for, for Munster and for the boxers was Andy Lee and obviously Willie Casey came out. And now Limerick has such a great reputation now as the All-Ireland conquering, you know, the, the, the best hurling team nearly of all time. But at the time, also, Limerick was notorious in the mm. in, in Ireland for the stories of crime and, yeah. and trouble for, for young kids. And you got mixed up in it as, as an early. Were you... You were a bit of a lad back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely a bit of a lad, but I, th- I think, like, Limerick gets quite of a bad name outside of it, you know? But, like, Limerick is, is a good city to its own, but, like, there's trouble everywhere, man, yeah. do you know what I mean? And, like, there's nothing you can really do about it, you know? No matter where you are, there's trouble, you know? We actually moved to, like, I, I, I was born in the Oilyfield, and I moved up to my nana's up in Prospect, just outside Western. Then we actually moved to a place called Raheen, which is actually a nice, nice enough place. But it was a mad area, like, for me, as a teenager. All my friends, good guys, but we were all mad. We all wanted to drink and take drugs. And from a young age, like, you know what I mean, 14, 15, and that was the norm, you know what I mean? And yeah. get involved in crime. And that was, like, what you wanted to do, you know? So it's, it's hard for kids. And what, it's did hard. You, what did you drink back then? Everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. But, like, we all sit when you're young, like, yeah. like, the boys drink. But, like, I was very lucky that I picked up boxing young because it kind of kept me away from it in my teenage years. Yeah. I didn't do it as mad as the bo- as my mates did it. Like, the boys drinking every game, I was like, nah, I'm not coming out this again. I, I, I tried to say, well, and it wasn't as bad until I got a bit older, you know? Yeah. So I kind of I kinda had it under control for a couple of years, you know what I mean? But, like, I was still slipping and sliding and doing the odd dealings here and there and, you know, I couldn't run around cars and, you know, stuff like Joy that. Joyriding? Yeah, stuff like that. No, no. Oh, did you rob them yourself? Or no, I just went with the boys were doing stuff, you know what I mean? So, like, just all that stuff that came with that, that life, that energy, I was getting mixed up in. You know what I mean? And it was kind of hard not to. Like, my friends were good guys. You know what I mean? It's just we're all in the same mantra of, like, this is what we're supposed to do. Like, I mean, we're supposed to drink and take drugs and rob cars and, you know, and sell drugs and, and, and do all that stuff. And when I got older, you know, it got a lot worse. The older I got, the worse I got. You know what I mean? You know, I went to Australia. I came back from Australia. What city in Australia? Just like I that. lived in Geelong and I worked in Melbourne. So my uncle is still over there now at the minute. So I talked to my uncle, but like my uncle is like a brother to me. He grew up in my house. His mother died when he was very young and grew up in my house. He's like a brother to me. So, but like he's also a heavy drinker. So all we done when we were working was drinking. So yeah. I mean, so like. It's like many Irish over there back in the day and you know, probably still now. 100% man. It's, it's, and it's like. Australia is very similar to that, I mean, like, it's like, walk, drink, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and the biggest problem most Irish have is their, their glasses of beer aren't big enough, you like, Yeah, 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 pots, draft. Yeah, yeah. Who wants a pot? Who wants a skinner? Like, Give me the points, yeah. yeah. So, like, I went to Australia, man, but, like, I went to Australia to escape what was going on here for me, you know, because I was caught up in a lot of stuff, a lot of crime and a lot of stuff at the time, and I was actually with a girl... And we had a baby, and the baby, she was pregnant, the baby died, she was six, seven months, the baby died. And I was very young to deal with all that stuff, and I had a lot of stuff going on, man. You know? So I was like, right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. And I thought, I thought that was, that was the thing to do, was get out of here, you know what yeah. I mean? Not realizing that I was taking my mind with me, and it was my mind was the problem. Did you, regards like morning, did you know anything? Did you help mourn, or did you I think that kid, no. ignoring it was the best? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what to do, man. Yeah. We didn't know what to do, we were young kids. I was 18, she was 18, you know what I mean? It was, I, I, I never really talked about it, man, but like, yeah. that was, I was like, okay, you know, we broke up then after a while, after started that, we broke up and I was like, oh, I need to get over here, like, yeah. my uncle was like, come over to me, come to work and start a new life. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So I went over there then, so that happened when I was 19, I went over at 20 and, uh, you know, I, I thought, right, this is it, I have a map now, I'm sorry, I'm in Australia. But your man, <laughs> my mind was with me, my brain was with me, so I completely stopped boxing, I completely stopped training, I put on loads of weight, I didn't care about boxing or anything like that, I completely forgot about it. So I was just, when I was in Australia, I was just walking and drinking, I think that's when real, my real addictions came in, was when I was in Australia. You were working uh, as a set in Australia? As a set in Australia. Did you endorse it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah that's what I was doing. I thought it was kind of horrendous, but you did get to the gap, I think, even more I, so. I was so. good, man. I was good at what I did, but my uncle was very good at it, right? Yeah. So, like, I was learning from the best, and I was living with my uncle, and he was my boss, you know what I mean? So, like, 
I was on from the best. Like, I, I speak so fast, I reckon they were just boiling off me to get me out of the fucking house. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, showing up at people's house, nearly still drunk or hungover. Yeah. And I was yeah. Yeah. It was just bad yeah. Irishman on the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but look, it was like. We were selling green energy. Green energy in Brisbane over here. I was selling Corby's, is what I was saying. What, three, right. three and a half thousand dollar vacuum cleaners. Right, okay. You know what I mean? But like, how you how you did it, like you really had to be good at, at talking, man. Yeah. Like, you know, and there was, and my uncle had taught me, this is what you do when you win her kids. And, you, and like my first week, I think I sold three, which was like a record break. And I'd, I'd won TVs and that, because I was, I was just constantly doing it, you know, because like I was making, you get good. I remember the time I was getting good, like, um, like you get what's called the percentages off what you sell. Yes. So I know if I sold two, I was getting yeah. a lot of money for drinking the weekend. Like so I was like, right, you know, so yeah. I was doing my best to get it. So yeah, look, it was it was definitely a whirlwind experience in Australia, man. But that was when my my alcoholism and addiction really took control of me because I drank every single night at home. Every night I went home, I drank a couple of bottles, and then every weekend I drank from Friday to Monday non-stop. I often showed up like so after show up work, still lying or shrunk, you know what I mean? Because my uncle John would be at home with his wife or he'll keep you drinking, you know what I mean? And then I go drinking. So it's just, it was just a work and drinking for a year, you know. And that was when I when I came home, then I kind of I, I what I actually done was picked up exactly where I'd left off. And I thought I'd be able to leave all that behind me, but the minute I came home, I picked up the exact same things. Went, to, went around the exact same thing and done the exact same stuff. So not in a change, I just took a year break from it. You know yeah. what I mean? Except my drinking had gotten a lot more aggressive. Escalated. My drug taking had gotten a lot more aggressive, you know what I mean? So that was that was what happened when I'd come home, you know? And did you, did you, I suppose, being away for so long, did you miss a lot? So when you got home, you threw yourself into it? Oh, 100%. Band, yeah. Like, they're, they're my friends and they're still my best friends to this day. Like, some of them are great kids, are great guys, you know what I mean? So, like, when I came home, it was, you know, Graham's back, it's a party, you know what I mean? And, it was winding after all. Then I got mixed up with different people. You know what I mean? Different people, a lot more, more dangerous, a lot more. Like, did you have a, were you working? Did you have a job, like, effectively? When I came back, I, I actually went back into sales. I started working with Scott Digital, but it didn't last long. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm not doing that here. Yeah. It was different in Australia, man, because nobody knew you. But here, I was like, nah, nah. I think it lasted a week, and I just, nah, I didn't, yeah. didn't matter. So I went back to what I knew, man. Went back selling drugs, you know what I mean? That's, that's what I went back to. And, like, I, I got. Okay. I came back at 21, I met a girl and I had a child, um, I, had a, I, had a girl, I had a baby and from that, from 22 to when I stopped drinking was just hectic, hectic, yeah. it was non-stop, it was every, every step I took it went downhill, you know what I mean, it was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse, but I suppose, the, like I say every time I went to, the only thing that kept me kind of sane was going back to the boxing every now and again yeah. and having a couple of fights. It sounds to me from your story, like you got locked up, I think two times, got locked up, silly stuff, really, yeah. whereas you were at more serious cables. Oh, in so I got caught with some of the stuff I was yeah. doing, but I was getting massive chill, yeah. and I think the guys out at the time, they were like, you know, we'll get them doing something, I mean, like I remember when I first got locked up, I was 22. Like, this is how crazy I was, like, how stupid I was, like, I mean, I jumped into my car, lying out drunk, fucking high ass drugs, fucking dropped down the road, I crashed into the guy, jumped out of the car and gave him a few dates, and then jumped back into my car and tried to drive away. My car was buckled, you know, like, hit the man at high speed, like, the car was buckled. But I was so out of my mind, and I was, cars have been knocking out the window, like, out. So, like, I thought I was driving on the road, like, and the car was stuck in the middle of the road, you know? Uh, yeah. I was out of my fucking mind, and what was planned, so I got in 10 months for that. Where did you serve it? Um... So the first part of Limerick, and then they sent me to Wheatfields in Dublin. So I sort of second part then in Wheatfields. What uh, like? Yeah, look, like, jail is jail, man. I think, like, you see all these things on, on TV, like, and you think jail is what you see on TV in America, and it's not like that, man. Do you know what I mean? It's not like that. I think, for me, the first time I got locked up, it was different than the second time I got locked up, because the first time it was kind of fresh, and I was... 22 and I wasn't as bad as I was the second time I got locked up. The first time I got locked up, I kind of tried to keep my head down and kind of just do my jail and get on with it. So I actually, I, I trained a lot. You know, they know it was a box, so I trained a lot. I was left training a lot up in Wayfield. I got on a drug free landing. Do you know what I mean? So I just kept my head down, done my jail and got out. And then when I got out, I had had another baby while I was in jail. The girl I was pregnant when I just went in, she was pregnant. Got out. David was born a few weeks before I got out. 
Um, and I just spiraled down again when I got out. You know what I mean? So I, I actually, when I remember when I got out, I went back boxing and had a couple of fights. But it never lasted long, you know? Every time I went back boxing, it lasted a couple of couple of weeks here and there or a couple of months here and there. And this, I changed probably again out to Corpus Christi. Um, I went to our St. Francis, our Lady Lord's Corpus Christi. And that's where I ended up in Corpus Christi. And the lads, in fair play, the lads, like, they always took me back in, like, you know what I mean? No one like, was a fucking nuisance on the road, like, but they still took me back in because they knew, like, that boxing was kind of my savior, like, because yeah. the only time I was kind of sane, I had a bit of sandy in my mind was boxing like, but I was deluded like my mind had, had been completely poisoned from alcohol and drugs and I was living a completely different life mentally you know mm. I didn't know what was going on in, re- in the real in the real world because I was living in Grail's world in my head and everything had to was, was the way I seen it that's, that's not reality like you know what I mean and boxing was kind of the only thing normal that I had in my life um, no boxing coach is really going to turn you away unless you're a real lost cause yeah no, and, and the, so I played at the Atlantic you just have to talk me in every time like, I remember I was just saying like, come on like, you know what I mean man straighten up like, you know you know so I was like, yeah, yeah. But the, when I got out of jail, I actually had another baby with the same girl. I have three older kids. And um, at that time, I was 20, 24, 25. My, my small girl was very young. I was in the height of it then, but I was, I was selling drugs in a big way. I was mixed in with some very, very bad, very rough people. Like, you know what I mean? And, and doing some crazy, crazy things. Like, crazy things like that. And I've never talked about and I won't talk about. But just stuff, crazy stuff, man. You know, such just, just stuff that you shouldn't be doing. And... That was when I had lost complete control of my mind. That's when I, that's when I was fucked. You know what I mean? I think you mentioned in an interview. And I know you don't have to go into you yeah, no, no. tell you what, like, but with Stephen Morton, you yeah. had an interview with him. He said, "Like you're talking before McCarthy. Well, he's had a broken leg. I've had a gun pulled on me. Yeah, all that, like, like, you know, all that stuff. Guns pulled on your leg. I was only saying this morning, like, or last night, we were in the good time, like, the amount of near the experience I, I've had, like, instead, gun pulled on me, car crashes. Do you know what I mean? And like that, that was just worse, like." was mental like but that was the life I was living man yeah. I thought that was normal like you know what I mean fellas running after old hammers and you know owing loads of money and you know, that stuff like my head was completely gone like I had no idea what other life was because I was completely lost in what was going on for me at that time mm. and when I got locked up the second time I got 12 months so I got 12 months for I got in a fight outside nightclub guards came pepper spray me and I knew the guard knew him from seeing him around where my mother is on Raheen, I said, I'm going to see you want and I'm going to give you a bet. That was it. I got held on a man next day and I got told men to threaten the guy. When I was in jail at that time, it was completely different to the first time because in my head, I was this fucking wannabe gangster. So I was trying to be the hair man in prison. I was right. constantly getting in fights and constantly getting in trouble. So it was completely different the second time. Instead of keeping the head down, instead of keeping the head down, you were causing the exactly. And it, it also showed me how different you can do. You know, when you go into prison, like it's up to you what way you do your jail. And the second time I went in, I had I had a point to prove. I'm fucking Graham O'Connor. Fuck you. Fuck this. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck everybody. You know what I mean? It's me against the world. You know what I mean? Like I had that wrong little wannabe gangster attitude. Like that's the attitude I had when I went to the jail the second time. And it done me no favors, but, because I was constantly getting in fights, I was constantly getting P19s, constantly getting in trouble in jail. Actually, my sister got married 10 years ago today. I'm like, it's actually 10 years of that was my last week's sentence. So I got put on remand after that, but not that big clip, but 10 years ago, and I remember my sister got married, was getting married today. I was actually due out two days later, and I went into the governor, I was like, my sister got married, he said, you're not getting out. All right. You're not getting TR. Usually some people get TR, you know what I mean? They get out of it early in jail. Like, and those people do like yeah. it's like you are not getting off as well. It's like forget about this. Really? Because the way Because the way I was acting. Prison, yeah, exactly. yeah. But if I if had I, you been a model prisoner, you would have got out. hundred percent. I would have got out. You know what right. I mean? He said, Don't forget about this. You're not getting off this. You're holding it to the day. So that's 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 how jail. Did, what did what did I feel like? Well I knew. I had no one I got yeah. in, I was new, I was laughing with it, like I knew I was getting out. Yeah. I felt bad for my yeah. sister. Yeah. Because my family are, are like, like I was the I was the black sheep. My family was, you know what I mean. I was the one that done all the crazy stuff. Like my mother and father were good. We didn't have laws going up, but they worked very hard. My mother and father, and I. That's one thing I respect my mother and father for massively is that they gave me that that do everything for your family. Everything you do is for your family. My mother and father taught me that. Like, we didn't have loads, but we never went with a roof over our head or food on the table or shoes on our feet. You know what I mean? Because my mother and father walked for everything we had. We didn't have loads. Everything we had, they walked out for. You know what I mean? And it, it showed me that no matter what, and the one thing I never lost was that family has to come first. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when I was in the height of addiction, I didn't care about anybody because I couldn't see anything else. You know what I mean? But that's something that I... That I really respect. Did you, know you know think I mean? at the time that you were enjoying your life? I, I thought I was living a normal life, but I thought that was yeah. normal. Like, were you thinking this is great fun? I'm with the lads. So great. Did, did at any stage, as your addiction deepened, did you kind of did you did it dawn on you like this is going wrong? I could die here. 
Or a couple of times. For a very long time. Couple of times, yeah. Couple of times. And in jail, in jail the second time it did. Yeah. I was like, in jail, man, like, it's mad to say this, like, but it's probably one of the most peaceful times mentally that I had at that time was when I was in jail the second time because my mind was so fucking crazy. The only peace I had was when I was on my own in the cell and there was no one around me, no phones or anything. I had time thinking to myself, think, oh, man, what are you doing? Like, if you, you, I trick you at that time. You know, you're fucking pissing your life away. Like, you're destroying yourself. Like, you know what I mean? What are you doing? Like, but that, that thing was, was soon brushed away like, when I went back to, not, to, to where I was thinking. Like, but... Yeah, there was tiny little moments where it there was there was little moments where, where yeah. still I still had a bit of consciousness, but I had lost most of it. Addiction had completely taken all that away from me, like because like really deep down, man, like any addict will tell you this: that active addiction to a, a recovering addict is is polar opposite. Like I was a complete opposite in addiction to what I know. Like now, don't get me wrong: if someone runs my family or someone comes looking for it with me they'll get it but I would never go looking for trouble anymore I would never cause trouble like I would never do anything to to not do anything to break a law or anything like that anymore whereas back in the day I gave no fucks about nothing I didn't yeah. care what I was doing it was my way and I'd done whatever I wanted to do and fuck anybody else you know what I mean and that's not my life today you know so like in active addiction slowly I could I could feel those bits every now and again but they were just brushed aside you know what I mean and when I got out of jail that second time those were the worst three years of my complete entire life for us this between years. the ages of 25 to 28 those were the absolute craziest three years of my life they were mentally it sounds like you've come out of prison for the second time you've three children you still have a lot to lose like with the, you know your family relationships and stuff but it doesn't sound like you've got that much to lose and yes you felt at the time like I love my kids my kids are my whole world everyone knows that like but like at the time I couldn't love anybody because I couldn't love myself and I understand that now do you know what I mean and I thought oh picking luck and I was me and her mother never got on do you know what I mean so it was me and her mother was always a kind of stop start relationship we were never in it together for long you know what I mean it was break up get back together have kids yeah, break up yeah. you know, it was never no it was a top we were, we were wrong for each other like you know what I mean and so like I thought yeah, I'd take kids boy I'm in prison so I'm never taking my talents and test on a great father father of the year you know what I mean so I didn't know how was going on you know so like when I got out the second time the only good thing I said to him to him, the other thing and, and she knows what I said is was I met my wife in, in those between those three years to be honest I actually met her in when I was in prison that was when I met my wife that I married her now. How did that happen? So we had phone and we were ringing and, and one of my mates was, who I was in the cellar, a great friend of mine, um, had rang and someone came up to see him and said, look, what's your name? Lauren was going to see Graham. So I said, get up on him. But don't see me now. So she was a friend of your of my cellmate's partner. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And she, she came to visit you without knowing you. Yeah. Right. When everyone knew me, man, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I was no one, you know, yes. you know. You were, so, you were a character, you know, the real person. Yeah, yeah, no, I was not. So I met her then, and yeah, she was, see, I was it, man. I met her, and I got out, I got out a couple of weeks later, and I thought, I'm married, no? Three kids, the house. I don't have a great life now. It was a rocky road for her to stand, I can tell you that now. <laughs> but like, she was very young. We used her picture on the cover of this, uh, <laughs> the, the rocky road, like, yeah. the Graham McCormick's wife. Yeah, the real rocky <laughs> road. But like, still, you know, like her father and me became great friends, but he hated me to staff, of course. Like, you know what I mean? She was 19. I was sort of jailed three kids. You know what I mean? Thinking I was this gangster of father, he didn't say which of course any father would. I'm a father, I'd hate that too. But at the end, he really, like me and my father were like best mates before he passed away. And the day of the, of the wedding, he never knew where we met, still doesn't. Right, obviously, he's passed away. Yeah. But all my mates were like, I'm telling your father where you met. Like, do not tell my father, that was hilarious, man. Do not, like, no, you never knew, like, do not. So, that, you know, those, those things that we were able to laugh over at the end, is me and my father, and I'm going to the stand, like, but he hated me, of course, like, but though, out of those three years, it, that was the greatest thing that happened with me and my wife because she saved my life realistically. You know what I mean? Now, I know I get clean and sober from myself, but I don't think if I didn't meet her, I don't think I'd have the life I have today. I'm not saying I, I got clean and sober for myself, but without that, I wouldn't have got clean and sober. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to get clean and sober. Exactly. Because when I lost her and I lost everything, it was like, I, something has to change. Like, yeah. Can you tell us about that, that rock bottom moment that most addicts need to confront? Rock bottom. I, I tell you one thing, what I will say is, I, I've seen a lot of addicts, I think rock bottom has to happen for you to realise that you need to change. Because I had hit so many rock bottoms that I thought were rock bottoms. Yeah. So many things that happened to me. And I was like, all right, this is it, I'm never drinking again. They were those of my famous, I suppose, I'm never drinking 10 drugs again. But they weren't rock bottoms, they were just 
Toronto. They were they were to get to the my price of my, the price, well, prisons, the price of doing business. Hundred percent, yeah. I want to get. I was a wannabe gangster. Yeah, I was a wannabe, yeah. yeah. wannabe, wannabe gangster. A little more of a gangster in my head than I was outside. But like Tony Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you are anyway. You think you are. But um, yeah, man. So the end of it for me. But like for those trios, like I said, for those trios, man, it had gotten so bad. Like I hadn't even had realized how bad it had gotten. But I ended up homeless with nothing. No one around me, mother and father stopped talking to me. My wife had left me, left me kids. My ex-partner wouldn't let me see the kids. I ended up sleeping on the bridge a couple of times in, in, in town. I had lost everything. And it was, well, if I hadn't gotten to that point, I wouldn't have gotten clean as well. What was your life as a homeless person like? It wasn't, I wasn't homeless for long. Yes. So, I, so I didn't experience it as some people do. Yeah. I got on three nights. My friend then took me in on his coach. And, and I know for a fact that mother's, I know killed my mother and my father right, to do what they've what they done. Because yeah. it's not my mother's way. I'm, like, I'm my mother's golden boy. As you've seen that night of the fight, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm her only boy. I'm a golden boy. And I love my mother. My mother my breath, my breath, my breath, like, but I know that I killed my mother. But my father is, is rock solid. Like, my father said, this is what has to happen to like, you can't, we can't look to the house or he's never, it's never going to change. But like, same with Lauren, it said the same to Lauren, you can't contact him. Like, not, it's never going to change otherwise. And like, at the time, I was like, ye bastards, like, look at Junkie. But I'm so grateful for it now because if they didn't do that, my sisters too, if, if, and my friends, so if they didn't not turn back at me at the time, I wouldn't have hit that rock bottom. I wouldn't have ended up homeless. I wouldn't have tried to commit suicide and I would have never have gotten clean and sober. I would have just kept doing it. Because what I used to do was, and what most addicts do is, we'll say we're sorry. And we'll say, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. So the people around you will keep enabling you. He keeps saying, ah, yeah. oh, he's sorry. I'll let him back now, he's fine. You know what I mean? You'll stay clean and sober for a week or two. comfortable enough to yeah. abuse. Got it. I haven't. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, how the, that's how the addict works, man. It fools you. And it, plays, it does the victim thing and it does the whole the manipulation. I mean, I was a keen manipulator. Well, right? had the, um, which high had the biggest hold over you? Was it drinking, drugs, gambling, or just everything? Cocaine. Okay. And cocaine and the lifestyle. Yeah. The crazy lifestyle. The, 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 the 100 mile an hour life. Not knowing what's happening. Fucking everything flying by you. You know, it, you're, you're in a fucking, it, it's crazy, like, you know what I mean? King of the world, yeah. You're just flying. You're happy enough without it, but like, yeah. stay on cocaine, it was like, oh, it was all bets are off. Right? It's madness, but then, at the end of my use and drinking, all that had gone. Yeah. All those highs and all that had gone. I was just doing it to hide, and to hide my feelings and my emotions and to help me escape from what was actually going on. The fact that I was losing everything. Because like, if you had looked at my life a year before I got clean, so you could see it falling apart. Because like, you can see it in, in people. You got me definitely you could say because I was slowly but surely the strings are coming off. Hundred percent. The tether you to reality. Everything is coming. Everything is 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 going. Relationships are falling. Like I had hurt so many people in, in in active addiction, man. My family, my friends, my partner, my kids. You know, and it's like when you say active addiction, I suppose you mean do 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 you mean that you still carry addiction? But that was when you were using active addiction. Is spending time. Yeah. Addiction. Yeah. Like, this is. This is recovery speak, isn't it? Not too recovery is so like I always been addict, but yeah, yeah. And like what I do is like I never said to anyone that I'm clean sober forever. Because I'm clean sober for today. Because tomorrow's a new day. Because at any given time moment, my addiction is waiting for me outside that door doing yeah. push-ups, waiting for me to fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how I look at it, and that's what keeps me clean as well. Se- seven years clean as I'm seven years old, but seven years old, but yeah. And but I'll tell you what. Life has been harder clean and sober than it ever was when I was in active addiction. No, not crazier, because yeah. my life was crazy in active addiction, but it's harder because I've had to deal with so much in active addiction that when I was in, in, in recovery, that if I was in active addiction, I would have just drank and drugged and forgot about it. So I meant, whatever, like, you know. A friend of mine is just out of uh, recovery. He spent time in Limerick 12 weeks. He did. Clean okay. and sober. Fair so in a boxer, I won't say his name. Fair but he says it's better than any of the titles he won. And he won a lot. He won an awful lot. Right? But the greatest thing that ever happened to me was getting clean and sober. Yeah. I, have to, I, have, I have an unbelievable life today. An unbelievable. No, don't get me wrong. I have hard, it's a hard life too because life is hard for everybody. And that's, that's something that I, that I like to say like that. You know, life is hard for all of us. Every single person that's planet life is hard in different ways, shape or form. You know what I mean? That's how we deal with it. But for me, man, the greatest thing I ever got was recovery because if I didn't get recovery, I wouldn't have my beautiful, my beautiful family, my house, my, the life I have today, the boxing career, 
all that stuff I wouldn't have because if I was still drinking a drug and but it'd be gone and in the blink of an eye it can be gone you effectively and like you effectively lost a decade of boxing really from 18 to 28 yeah. thereabouts yeah did you go back boxing around 28, 29 I when you got clean and you got I went back 28 I went back to my boxing club back out to Christy and I won a bunch of leagues I won a couple of fights I was boxing well I got beat the other and I was kind of a bit disheartened and I was like what do I want to do so I didn't know what I want to do but I, I really started believing in myself because I was like I'm not getting clean and so you know what I mean I, 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 I can do anything like I mean, I was always a tough On kid. a high from getting out of... On a high, this is about a year earlier. So, was it a year? yeah, I went back boxing straight away. And it's one thing, like, I was very grateful for boxing because although getting clean and sober, it wasn't for boxing. I don't know, in the early days of my recovery, would I have stayed clean and sober without boxing? Mm. Because I was able to, even when I was struggling with early recovery, because early recovery is fucking horrible because... All your friends and everyone around you doesn't realize what you're going through and they don't have to because it's not them that's going through it, it's you. So like your mind that is playing games, you're like, go on, have one drink. One drink won't kill you. You're sober around six or eight weeks. You know, have a few lines won't kill you. Yeah, two so points. I, oh, yeah. so I was able to go to the club then and train and my mind would be calm. You know what I mean? And I'd be able to ease. I was, I'd, 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 learn, I'd start with doing a bit of meditation. Now I meditate regularly. I mean, I'm, I, I like meditation now. Because I'm still a man of acid, like, you know what I mean? I'm already an addict. I fucking ADHD. I'm a lunatic like, on, on any given day. So I need meditation. So I was grateful that I was able to meditate and boxing. But went back at the time, had the boxing club. Really had me a clean soul. That really, really did. I'd won the monsters, won a couple of fights, got beat in the All-Irons. And I was like, okay, well, what do I do now? Because I'll be honest, right? I'm not one of these guys, I think I've said it before, I was never a great, skillful amateur. I was, I was okay and I was tough. But I knew I wasn't good enough to get to the elite level. I was also 29 years of age. Yeah. And options-wise, is it true that you'd left school in first year? Let's go, like, yeah. Oh, and I'd lost... Like, Let's go first year. Normal in 1968, but not <laughs> yeah, normal. Yeah. Yeah. No, my mother and father tried to give me school. It just wasn't for me, but I got yeah. to know around school that I went to. Then I went to the tech here in Limerick, which is a great place. You know, it's kind of like for, for, for flags that can't really get, stay in school. I ended up getting to there as well for something stupid. And then I just completely stopped. And then I tried to go back and do my LCA. Because yeah. there was a way I could go back and do five, fifty, six LCA. I was skipping the years on 56, but it was just LCA. So then the first year and then the principal died and I just completely gave up on it. So I had no school in behind me, no. You know, the certs that. I'm not. Oh, yeah. No junior cert, no nothing. So, like, also I have a criminal, I have a big criminal record, but, you know what I mean? Like, I had eight previous convictions. Not to brag about nobody, and I don't want to go wrong, but, like, so, like. But was, it prevents you from getting work. I was 29. Now that you're clean and you've, you're trying to leave that life behind, it's difficult, isn't it's it? Hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's very hard. It's very hard and it's not, you know, it's not against anyone. Did you get, did you get knocked back looking for jobs? You uh, the Gray McCormick, the name. And I, I just didn't have a lot of experience in it, Robert. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've done a couple of show jobs here and there on the building sites and stuff like that, but I didn't have experience in those places, so I wasn't really, who was going to take me on, like, you know? So I was like, okay, what do I do now? And I was like, okay, I love fitness. I love, I'd always been boxing. I'd always been, even with my activities, I was always going back and forth from boxing, getting fit, getting healthy. So I love training, I love fitness. So I was training with one of my best mates, Noel Bond, who's still my strength conditioning coach, runs Function Fitness in town in Buffy. And we'd play with the idea of going semi-pro, you know? I was like, nice. We'll give it a lash. And like, I'd left my boxing club class business. It was nothing against the legs. I just felt like I needed to go on my own journey, you know? So we were sitting on the gym one day, and I was like, look, we'll give the old semi pro a lash. And I remember I was a semi pro scene in Ireland at the time, I think. This was back 29, so I'm 36 now, so seven years ago. Yeah, so I takes the page, I got no answer back, and I was training around flat out and I was putting up loads of videos of me training clips and one of my mates, Matthew Hand, was still made of mine who runs Tom Box here now and he said, I'm trying to get a bit of sparring over in Ricky Hatton's gym and I'm a massive Ricky Hatton. I was like, yeah man, of course. Yeah, like, yeah I'd love that. It'd be great, thanks. So he started a bit of sparring over there and we'd say, right, let's see how we get on over here. Let's, let's, let's just see, because my mate Sean Kelly, it's mad, like Sean Kelly, who was now my coach, one of my best mates, had taken me at the time. Now he was my coach at the time and he said, would you not give Fro Box when you go up? And I was like, nah man. I was trying to say, nah, man, do you know, because I had more in all, in all Ireland, and do you know, it was tough and good, and I was like, nah, no way. And then when this afternoon came, I was like, and like, I'm a massive believer in God, but I don't shout it and roar it from the rooftops, but I'm a big believer in God, so I was like, these things are just happening for me, you know, like, you know, like, this had come to me, do you want to go for a gang sparring? So I went over there and sparring, got on pretty well sparring, I actually went down in the camp for LGM and sparring party McCrory, and I've been friends with party ever since. 
So like I started to approach, I was like, all right, you know, I feel good here. You know, I really enjoyed that. It's different kind of, it's different, completely different boxing to, to amateur boxing. I came back. I actually, before I came back, I got a message saying, I, I have mean, I, I text a guy who wants to meet you about, about Tarn Pro. And I was like, all right, fuck it, all right, so let's give it a go. Boxing Ireland. Yeah. Came back in, met up with uh, Stephen Sharp and Tarn Pro. With, uh, it was with Eddie Hoyland and Tallow. Eddie, yeah, Eddie. Yeah. So it was Stephen and Drew's with Eddie Hoyland. Eddie Hoyland and me, we, we clicked straight away. And Eddie is still a very close friend of mine. Like, I never left Eddie because we found out I left Eddie because COVID had happened. I had a second, I had another baby. I was working here on the set. I just, I just couldn't commute to Dublin anymore. And that was the reason I left Eddie. I didn't leave him. We didn't leave on bad terms. It wasn't, oh, I'm getting a new trainer. It was not like that at all. You know, Eddie comes to my fights. Actually, after the last four, I was quitting up. I was him for two hours, him and his wife. I speak to him nearly every, every he, couple he of days. He appeared on my shoulder during the first yeah. fight. He was screaming instructions. I could hear him. Yeah, he was screaming. He screamed, double tap back in and screamed. So I turned it around. Eddie is still very, I'm very close to Eddie. And his brothers and his mother and his wife, they were family to me, man. I lived up there and they really looked after me, you know. So I was grateful for that, you know what I mean? That, that, I, that I met the lads and I had a great time with Eddie. I, got the, I went to five and all with Eddie. And I, I, I got the chance to live the dream, but you know what I mean? I, I turned pro and, and I, it was great. You, know? you were a work in progress at the start. 100%. Uh, 100%. If, that, if that sounds like a backhanded compliment. No, I was. You were a work in progress. Yeah. You, know I mean? you were put down a few yeah. times. You know what I mean? Your yeah. fights were carnage. Almost. Yeah. Like, uh, you got through them. Kept, yeah. Kept the unbeaten record. Yeah. Were you just enjoying it and enjoying your look at the time or what was the feeling? I'll tell you what. As, think- a, as a pro boxer, because... People who are listening to this are going to be boxing fans, but yeah. I'm I'm massively turned off the uh, the big world scene in boxing. Mm. Influencers and arseholes. Yeah, 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 everywhere. Yeah, YouTubers. And you even go to the big fights in Ireland and it's just the YouTubers are everywhere. Yeah. And it kills you. I can't be around them. Yeah, yeah. But like the small hall scene, being a journeyman or a small, like, not technically a journeyman if you're not losing. But, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like on the, in the spit and sawdust. Yeah. Uh, boxing. Did you enjoy that fight? And that's where, that's where you play, that's where you play your trade. I knew Tarn Pro, man. Like, I know Ireland as an amateur. I knew I was raw. I knew, I knew that I wasn't the most skillful fighter. You know what I mean? But I knew I had the ability to learn. And I also knew that, right, I'm after getting clean and sober. I can, I can, I can try my hand at anyone. I can get better. I can continuously learn to get better. And I got better with every fight. You know what I mean? My first fight, I fought a fella one and one, one knockout. We didn't, it was, I think, with three changing opponents at the time. And the guy came in and he took me out in the first round. Got me a whole boost to all the place. I'll never forget it. I never looked over my eyes. She was like, fucking straight up, I'm telling you. And I just, and he's like, get on the toes and box. And I boxed and I won the fight. I won well, but like, it was a it was it was a tough couple of first fights, man. It was really tough. I got dropped in my second fight. Um got dropped in my fourth fight. So yeah, man, it was it was a tough class. Then I went up to that's when I went up to the middle, right? Then I was like, okay, I'm too big to be coming out to like middle, you know what I mean? And got my fifth fight, got us out to my fifth fight. COVID came and I completely changed everything then. I completely changed my whole mantra box and I completely changed my attitude of it, I completely changed how I needed to approach my fights, how I needed to approach my boxing. I needed to get back to the all, in a, in a weird way, I needed to get back to the all me mentally, as I was when I was in active addiction. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what I have done with my boxing. So less of a kumbaya, more of the killer, isn't it? More of the killer, man. And when I had turned pro, I was, I was too nice. Yeah. And I was too kind of, you know, I, uh, happy to be here. Yeah, happy to be happy here. Happy to be here. You were working hard. You were away from your family, living in Dublin. You yeah. were putting in the hours in the gym, on yeah. the roads, running around Tallahassee, you know. And I'd learned a lot from Eddie Hoyle. I learned a lot yeah. from Eddie. I learned a lot about the game. I learned a lot about boxing. I can't lot better under him. But I knew my mentality needed to change. And I needed to get a lot more vicious. And I needed to work on a lot of things. I needed to, if I wanted to do anything as a boxer, not just be a boxer and win a couple of fights. I wanted to win titles and, and get in some, some big fights. I had to change a couple of things. Got this gym out here that we're in now in my house. Got it, got I trained lights out when we had COVID, when COVID was in lockdown. I trained lights out. I had nonstop. I walked on things, I walked things, I walked things. And when I came back boxing, you could see, if you, if, if you look at my fights now and look at them to, to when I was, when I first on draw, I looked at a completely different fighter. Completely different because I completely changed everything. Like I had to change how I came forward, my aggression, my head movement, had to use shot selection a lot more, I had to change everything up. And I knew that to get anywhere I had to do that. So that's what I done, man. I, like I went from a, a real raw pro to 
an established pro. I know I look at myself as a good, strong, established professional boxer. No, you know. Yeah, exactly. I would agree. Yeah, like I mean, you're gonna take some. You know, if you keep fighting in competitive fights against you mm. know good, good quality fighters, you'll take a couple more losses and you'll pull off a few more wins. And, yeah. You know, you, well, you might take a couple more losses. Yeah. You might win them all. I don't know. Like, but you're definitely after. I, I think you, I can see the improvement. You know, I thought yeah. in your last fight against them. Craig, Craig, that you were as, as good as I've seen. Yeah, you know? look, look at it. so it's at thirty six. You've got probably a lot more to go. That's what I remember saying to you last time. Yeah, look, I mean, well, how do you feel about that? I, <laughs> my wife, why? Like I told my wife when I turned pro, give me five years, yeah. and I retire. Because one thing I'll say, and I'll say any boxer that's listening to this, and I'm sure you can relate to because you're around the boxing, you're a massive boxer, and I see how much you do for the boxing. So you'll know this as well as, I, as I'm going to say it. It's very hard for the families that are involved in boxing too, man. For professional boxers, the wives, or the husbands, or the parents, or whatever. It's a hard game for them too, man. They're, they're, they're going along with it too. They're also dealing with you if you have a bad day in the gym, if you have a bad day, if, if you lose. You know what I mean? And, and like, my wife, my wife, it's really been my rock in those situations, like, you know what I mean? Because she's the one that's been up with me when I'm at home. I mean, it's not the boys, or it's not my coach, not my manager, or it's not anything like that. It's, it's my wife that's dealing with it. So it's been a tough life for her. So we, we know, I think, when, when, my time, when my time is up. Yeah. Also, I, mean, I suppose that it's not that lucrative. And boxers are chasing the dreams. Like, no, no, just let me, let me keep fighting until I get that Irish title fight or that European title yeah. fight, whatever it is. That could mean another two years of unreliable income. Yeah. Forget the holidays. Work, mm-hmm. you know, forget the investment. Kids are going to school. They need the uniforms. Etc. Yeah. And you're better like, work at before. No, I'm going to earn two grand in three months' time <laughs> that I have to give away sixty percent of. You know what I mean? Like, people don't see that. People don't see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, well, like I'm in the gym three times a day, work, right? I do PTs, so I never see my wife and kids. And then the weekend, the other time, you know what I mean? And like most weekends, I'm training, you know what I mean? So it's a tough, it's tough for him. So look, we, we definitely know when my time, when my time is up. And my manager Ian Gaffin, like I'm going to give him a big shout out. He, that guy really revised my career, my, my manager Ian, because, and my trainer Sean Kelly, two, two guys that really revised my career because I was going to retire, but when COVID came, I was like, well, I'm done now. And Ian was like, look, so I, I, I left my old manager, it's not going to get into it. We just had, Difference of agreements, and I went and we packed the ways, and that's the way it was. And, and I, I was like, all right, maybe I'll just pack it in now, you know what I mean? I got the five and all, and I got to live the dream, and blah, blah. But I, I felt like there was so much more in me, you know what I mean? I felt there was so much more in me, and I was like, look, I, I'll help you, I'll, I'll manage you, I'll help you. Get I was like, will you? Yeah, he's like, yeah. So, like, Ian really, really wrote my career. Like, first of all, back off our job in Latin, I told one great fight. Then I got a title fight on TV next. Got paid. I was like, geez, I can pay. I paid. It's fucking great. Because yeah. I didn't get paid for other fights. So I was like, ticket deals. You know what I mean? So like, I was like, yeah, great. So like, since I've been with Ian, I've had like four or five title fights. Two or three have been on TV. You know what I mean? I've had a couple of losses, but I've had some good wins. And like, I'm ready now to have a couple more wins. You know what I mean? I'm ready to have, to have a couple more before I sail off into the sunset and live a normal life. Without boxing. See, so you're fighting in and around middleweight, super middleweight at the minute. There's a lot I'll of never go back to super middleweight right. again. I'm too smart for it, but. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know me and Craig McCann is a great fight, but I'm not a super middleweight. I came into the fight chubby and fleshy. Usually I'm a lot leaner because I cut a lot of weight to make middleweight. I'm not a super middleweight, but I didn't even have to kill myself to make weight. Remember Andy Lee said to me, I was going, like, if you're not killing yourself, you're not, mate, you're not fighting the right weight. Like, you know what I mean? So. Oh, you have to kill myself to make me do it. Like, how did he have yeah. 154? But that's another, that's another. I don't know how he used to make that, but that, I mean, I, Andy, Andy, Andy made, Andy made I don't know how Andy made one for And that guy was making a top level, like, so I don't know yeah. how he was doing it, you know. But, but yeah, it, from afar, what do you think about the talent in, at 168? Because there's, there's Kevin Cronin, Jamie Morrissey, there's your old buddy Craig McCarthy, there's Tommy Hyde looks to be coming down, Emma Brennan looks to have joined the ranks. There's yeah. an awful lot of activity but, there. Buzz, man. You're probably better off being down at 168. Yeah, look, I, 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 I'm definitely staying in the middle of it, but it's, uh, I'm a middleweight fighter, man, you know what I mean? But the boys are all there to go at 168, like, you know, they're, they're, they're all good fights, good fighters, you know what I mean? Of course, Jamie Morrissey is one of my best mates. You know, he's, he's the man at the top of my eyes, you know what I mean? Um, you have Jamie, you have Kevin Cronin and Craig McCarthy fight coming up. I'm actually looking forward to watching that fight. Obviously, I'm team Cronin for that fight. <laughs> I'm actually spamming Cronin in this whole camp. We've had some, we had some cracking rounds this camp. But it's a great fight. It's an intriguing fight. And um, it's, it's really calm for And the two lads have really calm for You know what I mean? And I'm sure you've seen the back and forth. It's been really entertaining yeah, to watch. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's, it's, it's well, a good fight. McCarthy's such an interesting kind of character, isn't he? He's got, you, you think you've got self belief, but McCarthy. Yeah. The roof, like, yeah. But Cronin's a bit more, he's got that Kerry uh, humour and he can just yeah. diffuse it and stuff. Yeah, he seems to be handling it well, you know what I mean? I think fine, yeah. Craig's trying to 
picking and poking at him and he doesn't say to me and he, you know I this that's the same man so he does he picks and pokes and look like it's boxing man it's it's it's, 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 a, it's, it's a fucking it's a, it's a it's a game man where you kind of have to be a bit low do you know what I mean to, to get a bit of attention like a lot of people are looking forward to that fight I'm looking forward to watching that fight yeah. you know what I mean I was always saying Kevin Bell hope my fight is either one before it or one who before so I can either win a good chance to watch it or just sit down and watch it after my fight you know what I mean yeah. so because it, it's definitely an intriguing fight you know what I mean you've uh, you're rematching against Dominic Donnelly yeah was that the highlight of your career the last time or what, what's been the best moment for you you've, yeah that was definitely you've won a title yeah you might not have expected to do that so was the highlight of my career I always promised my son I'd win him a title and, and I won him a title you know what I mean and that was the highlight of my career but I, I am actually looking at this fight as, as, a, as a way more important fight a bigger fight than the last time we fought and that's something that I had to get into my head in this camp because I was because a lot of people were saying oh you beat him already that means nothing in boxing, man. That means that means fucking diddly squat. How many times have we seen people have a rematch and lose, and the other person win? And like that can't happen, to me, man. You know what I mean? I I can't allow it to happen. So I, I'm actually training harder than I've ever trained. I'm more focused on than I've ever been. And like I'm looking at this fight as harder than the first time I fought Dan. You know what I mean? He's had no trainer now and seems to have no phone confidence. I've not bad to say about Dan. Not negative to say about him. You know what I mean? But I know I'm going to get the best version of Dan. So I will be the best version of myself on that night. What's out there for you? Like, because obviously if you're planning to go back to 168, we can see that there's big fights out there. Mm. No, I'd be saying at 160, the winner, of, the winner of this fight, of me and Dan goes on the fight, but, but it looks a bit far I'm screaming for the arse titan. So that's what's that's what's waiting the winner. So I'm I'm hoping that's that's what I'm getting from. But speaking of rematches, because that, that was a tough that was a tough night. The obvious it was you know you, you managed to get on a big card like uh, the, the Mike McConnell mm. card in Belfast and you took the fight confidently and I, from what I can gather people told you you're mad don't take this fight yeah this is a tough one yeah and Quinn was very good on the night as well great fighter man he's a, and he's a, he's a great kid not kind of not bad to say about I respect him 100% but like it's a fight I'd love to fight again I, I feel like I can, I can do better in the rematch and that's what I'm hoping to get beat down and get the rematch in Fergus that's what I'm hoping to do. I mean, camp didn't go great for me, folks. I never made a excuse after. I don't make excuses for not one of those fighters. You know what I mean? I got beat on the night by a better fighter, and that's the way it went. Lots of had me in camp, but I just, it just wasn't the greatest camp, so I'd, I'd like to do it again. You know what I mean? That's, that's it, and then let's see what happens then, you know? Uh, your last fight, uh, your son appeared at my shoulder at one stage, and he was going, I believe in you, Dad! I'd been watching Ted Lasso all the time, I was like, Jesus. That's- that's a nice thing I ever heard a kid say. I believe in you, Dad. Yeah, he was saying some other stuff as well, you know. You walk it into it, he would say, You kind of had a good one because the boys were like, Man, you want to relax him in his own ring? Yeah, you Oh, man, he was giving him loud with me. He was giving him loud. But like. Billy Joe Saunders' kids have Yeah, that's my kid, man. I have six kids and I love them all. Every one of them, I love them all. Three old lads from ex girlfriend and one of my older ones actually lived in New York over the last two months. And of three kids my wife and uh, my son Dylan has been with me this whole way this whole type of journey he was another big part of me actually so over too because he was very young when I got taken sober and I wanted to give him a different life you know what so I mean if he's eight I just got yes you're he seven was one yeah when I got taken sober you know what I mean so he 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 never really seen the bad you know he was very young he never seen the bad side of it now he knows now he's gotten older because obviously seen interviews and stuff like that and he asked me a couple of questions here and there and all the older he's getting the more questions he's asking you know what I mean so like I answer as I answer as I can't like but he he has really been my, my driving force in this in this in this boxing game especially the last couple of years last couple of fights I actually said to him after the last fight do you want me to have a couple of more? I said, yeah, let's have a few more. You know what I mean? You know, and like, I'm like, all right, you know, he walks out to the ring with me, man, you know, and, and he's, he's a really good boxer, but he's really, really good. He's better than I ever was. He's only eight. He's great footwork. He's great boxing. He's great. It's so, like, I've given him this now. Like, I never could have given him school because I never done school. I don't have any trains I could have given him. I know how to fight. You know what I mean? And I know how to fight for life. And I know what happens when we fight for life. And like he's seen that. He's seen he's seen me walk out. He sees his mother walk out. You know, so like I feel like I've given him a real opportunity in life, man. You know what I mean? He can do whatever he wants now, you know. And like he's seen that through boxing for me, I've 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 been able to have a great life. And he wants the box, man. He wants, yeah, Dad. When you finish up now, Dad, you don't worry, he said, because I'm gonna win us a world title. So that's you know, and like that's that's unbelievable to me. Like, to me, but I could walk away from this game right now, this second, yeah. and be and be be happy because he he wants to do what he wants he wants to box and he wants to he, what he wants, he wants to work out and have a good life. 
And that's what I think I've given him the true boss. He's mentioned to you already at the age eight, his ambition, I'll win the world title. And every boxer who turns pro says, I'll win a world title. Yeah. But it's not the reality for 99% of boxers. So you've no. already had, I suppose, the success that you wanted to take from him. Yeah. Uh, are you in bonus territory now? I, I tell you what, but I'd love an Irish title. I'd love an Irish title. Um, I'd love another Kennedy title. Looks like this is what the next fight is for. I just want to win as many big fights as I can before I finish up. And when I finish up, when I walk away from boxing, and people already said about me, so I'm, I'm happy. It's not they don't say, oh, he lost here. He's, he's a friend and all. He fights anybody. You know what I mean? And that would have been one of my biggest fears that people said that I was a friend to fight people. You know what I mean? Because here in Limerick, man, we, we, you know, we're not afraid of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here down here, like all my friends, my people, you know, big shout out to all my friends, like, because they've all supported me too, man, you know what I mean? And they've all been there for me too, like, and, but like, you know, we're not afraid down here, man, we're fighters down here, like, you see with the hurling team, you see with all the sports team, you know, we're, we're fighters, and that's one thing that I think I've given off to people is that when we fight for what we want and what we believe in, we can have success and we can do what, what, what we want. Like me and my wife have a plan for life and we have a completely different plan when boxing is over. And we have, we've been working on that in the background. So that's what's next for us when I finish boxing. So like, you know, once I finish, one, I have something set up when I finish. So I know, I know what I have left in me, but you know what I mean? I know what I want. I'd love to get an Irish title, you know, and then we didn't set off into the sunset, you know? Yeah, well, I don't know fear, boy, but I do, I do get it from the current Limerick team. You definitely got it from the classic monster teams of the day. Yeah. And I don't know of any Limerick boxer who's ever shown any fear. Look at us all, like, look at us all, like Jamie Morrissey, throughout the fights. Paddy Dunham with Conor everyone, same with everyone, Conor everyone, not just happy fight. Like, your, your son will start boxing. Limerick's a great city for boxing, always mm-hmm. has been, but just currently there's a field of factor here as well, isn't it? And so he's going to be moving into it. He's going to be starting to box. So I was talking to Dylan Moore last week and he yeah. was saying how when he was young in Waterford, he didn't really, he felt like he was kind of the first one to go pro. Because Waterford has yeah. a great history as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But a great amateur boxing history, but not so much of a professional one. But young kids now boxing in Limerick, they have a lot of people to look up to, especially 100%. you mentioned Paddy Donovan. Like, yeah. is, he, is he the best you've shared a ring with? Or? 100%. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Anyway, everyone else has to listen. We spar him. I love sparring him, but I hate sparring him. So that kind of way, because you're getting the ears clipped after with Paddy. All the boys are good. I'll give Keen Head on his shoulders now, actually. I never quite up and coming out, so I've seen him one of a couple of our shoulders. Brilliant kid. So we've got some great trials on here. He tries yeah. Andy Lee as well, yeah, but like Paddy, Edward, Jason, with Lee Reeves here as well, Jamie, we are trying to get out. Like our sparrows, man, when you come into our gym for sparring, like you, know, you pay to see him, like. But Paddy is by far the best I've been in the ring with, man. I just, I can't explain how good he is. I don't think people have seen how good he is either, man. Until, like, I know we've seen great clips of him in fights, like, but I, I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of him, like, you know what I mean? Like, when he turned, like, I, I've been in there when he's turned the line, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's... Has he put you down? No, I like, don't no, but he's, he's, he's hurt me a couple of times, but, yeah. you know what I mean? He's, 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 he's fucking shit happy. Like, he's, he's unbelievable about something, you know what I mean? He's very, very good. Yeah, so you, you've got a plan for after boxing, but you've still got a few more. You've got that. I've got a, you know what, but I have a few more in me. People are always saying, oh, I'm 36, but like, I, like, when people say to me, oh, you're not too old, that's their projecting their thing on me. Like, I know what I am. I know what I, know what I have in my tank. I know what I feel. I know how I feel in the gym. It's me versus, like, my biggest battle is me versus me. It's not any other motherfucker out here. It's me versus the man I fell in the mirror. Always, and it will always be the day I die. I went back uh, playing. GA this year. I hadn't played yeah. for years and years and years. So not much of an athlete, but I just try and say I have no miles on the clock. So I've got long, I've got a long way to go. Do you feel like that in your last 10 years? I know you would have done probably a lot of damage to the body from <clears> taking <throat> stuff, taking substances, yeah. not you know, exercising the way you would have liked, but do you feel that you've got more miles on the clock because you lost a decade? I do, but yeah, I do. To be honest with you, but I I think how I get it, man. I get it how I'm performing in the gym with the lads, how I'm performing in spares. If I feel like I'm not up to scratch in these spells, or I can't keep into the boys in the gym, or I can't still do the things I could do five years ago, then it's time for me to go. But I can still do those things. Mm-hmm. And I am still getting a great spell. I'm having cracking spells. So like, I feel great. I feel great in the gym. I feel better now. Than if I, I, to be honest with you, I feel, I, feel, I feel like I kind of slacked a bit in my last two camps. Like, kind of got a bit complacent after winning the belt and kind of like, I put on a lot of weight over the last summer, I got a bit complacent and thought, eh, it was grand draw, blah, blah. Whereas this camp has been completely different. Like, I knew I had to change everything around, you know what I mean? And um, so, 
yeah, this camp has been different. So I feel, I feel fresh, man. I feel, I feel good, man. I do feel like I have a good compromise in the shop, man, you know? I suppose three weeks' time will tell us. Yeah. Oh, oh, and who's the best fighter in the world right now? Bet Terence Crawford. What age is he? 36. Terence Crawford is the best fighter in the world. Was he 35, 36? 35, yeah. Same Look, I, 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 I tell you what, I'm 36 now. I won't fight when I'm 38. No, I mean, that's, that's a guarantee. Like, <laughs> I can guarantee that. Like, you know what I mean? What's he, 35, 36 as well? Yeah. Lefties. Maybe lefties no, are a bit more. Yeah, lefties. Yeah, 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 it's a, it's a dog eat dog world and the world we're living in right now is absolutely crazy man and the price of everything has gone up and so like family comes first man before everything that's what my main priority is is to put food on the table for my family so if boxing can't do that for me yeah. then something else has to unfortunately like would I love to win a world title of course is it going to happen no I'm 36 years of age you know what I mean? I didn't turn part I was 30. You can't be delusional either. But I have got ambitions and I am a good fighter and I'm strong and I'm tough and I, I feel like I can upset people. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I can, I can win big fights. So there's a couple more in me. There is definitely a couple more fights in me. You know what I mean? You can always try and get your mother to become a boxing union of Ireland referee as well. And then... I tell you, my, my mother... My mother, I got my fights for my mother because I tell you, my mother is a fighter, boy. She, remember her that night, man? She was rare to go, but when she, she was only over a week, I don't know, like, a couple of weeks before. I think it was, uh, Dave, was David Irving the referee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good fighter in his day. Yeah. Man, Barry McGuigan's undercut. Yes, yeah. She would have taken him that night. Or she would have taken him that night. I think she took a pop at me at one point as well. My mother's a great woman, but, but when she's up the high door, she's up the high door, you know what I mean? And, you know what? Like, it's, it's, you know, I suppose it's like, it's like my own kid when I see him spam. I'm like, oh, God, it's raw. He's got the dog. Yeah, he has the dog, but it's just, when it's your own kid, it's, it's so different, man. So oh, I mean, you mean you feel it? When, I, when I see him yeah. spam, you know what I mean? I, I can feel it. Like, oh, Jesus. Oh, I said to him one, I was like, if you don't want a box, I'm, saying, I'm okay. He's like, no, I do want a box. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Whatever, like, it's raw. Yeah. So like, I, I understand the mothers and fathers and, and parents. Like, my wife doesn't even watch my fights, you know what I mean? Like, there's a picture there. Like, if you look back point, you know, my wife is like, that's my wife holding my son looking away. Right. She actually doesn't watch my foot. She looks at the floor. Oh, cool, yeah. So, like, she's actually never watched my foot. She comes, but she never watches. She looks at the floor, you know? How many? So, you have six children. What, six are, children. The, what are the genders? I have two boys and four girls. Would you let the girls watch? I would, yeah. I would have watched. Yeah, if they wanted to. It's just the young lad, though. Is that oh, it's my own flesh. I have an old young flesh. Josh, my, my son, I love my son too, but he lives with his mom and he doesn't have much interest in it right now, but, like, He's, he seems to be getting a bit of interest in it, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he, he's, he's, he's a bit more like me than, than I'd like, you know what I mean? When I was, when I was, when I was his age. And yeah, so I'd like, I'd like him, I'd like him to come to the boxing club. I'm trying to get him to come to the boxing club. He's a good kid, but he, he, um, yeah, he, he reminds me of myself when I was younger. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it'd be great to get him to the boxing club, you know what I mean? So he lives, he lives with his man, he comes over here, come, let's come over after, like I, I, come over my older after him, you're not because you're not them remembering, just said, look, can I come up there for, so she's here for a couple months, might go home soon, I don't know, but like, they come out here, I see them last, spend time with the family, but he, he's just not interested in boxing. I'd like him to box, but he's not interested in it. But my uncle is the only one right now, he is, he is boxing mad. People in, who, are, who are sporting kind of idols or icons or well-known in their sport, have a, I think they've got a great insight when it comes to addiction counseling and stuff like that, because they can get the young people to listen to them. Because, so you see, Eric Donovan is working in that Eric's a great guy, yeah. Kenneth Egan's working on yeah, in Limerick, Kieran Carey's working on that yeah. as well. Is that something that I'd like to get into? You can put your experience yeah. to use. I'd like to, man. I'd like to, I'd like to help kids, the youth, you know what I mean? And, and not get mixed up in, in the bad life, you know what I mean? But like, it's, it's very hard to keep kids away from the bad life, man, because it's an easy life to live, you know what I mean? It's an easy life to fall into. And like, again, it's, like people say this area and that area, there's no bad areas in Limerick, man. Best example I should have mentioned is Craig O'Brien, actually. Craig, yeah, uh, Craig O'Brien. Similar to myself. He, he told me a story before in the podcast where he was talking to someone, he was just out of jail and said, I used to, are you doing the boxing? Yeah, I'm doing a bit. I used to do a bit, I did do a bit myself. Oh really? And then he was telling him how, how he was inside and all yeah. of a sudden he's connecting to this chap. Maybe because he'd lived, you know, this 
alternative life and all yeah. that. He has people like hanging on his every word and so Craig's a good guy, man. I'm very, very fond of Craig. And like <clears throat> like I was saying, when Limerick, Limerick is not a bad there's not one like I know I know some of get bad. There's not one bad air in Limerick, but it's it's just like and it's not bad people, it's just we get caught up in that that whole situation, you know what I mean? And it just you know, it's like from a young age, drink, take drugs, sell drugs, you know. That, that that's very popular around, you know what I mean? But like you know, it's, it, I'd like to, to try and get kids away from it, you know what I mean? Try and get them on the way. And I think that's what I'd like to get into when I get off. Like when I'm professional or as yeah. a boxing coach or something like that. Yeah, boxing there's coach. Always, there's ways to Something like that, you know what I mean? I'd like to do something like that. Maybe get into schools and, and talk to kids, stuff like that, you know what I mean? And some of my friends are involved in that and they've, they've, they've reached out to me and, and said, look, would you be interested in that? And um, I've done, I done a podcast recently with the two Naris and... Great listen, yeah, listen. Yeah, they're, they're great. Those guys were absolutely amazing. They were, they were, those guys were really cool, though, like, and then being out of Hudson was great. But a couple of I mean, I can't imagine, like, look around, would you, would you speak? Yeah, I would speak. Yeah, like, and, uh, I like doing that, like, you know what I mean? And again, like, I'm not the kind of guy who goes around and around from the rooftop. Like, I, I don't go around showing on my social media and it's not about my recovery. Once a year, I, I acknowledge my same time, and that's it. If someone asks me about it, I, I say about it because I feel like, for me, this is just me, not anybody else. So any recovering business, I'm not taking a dig at them. For me, it's I'm able to pat my I have to pat myself on the back. I can't expect anybody else to pat me on the back because expectations can let you down. You know what I mean? So like if I'm expecting you to pat me on the back and you don't pat me on the back, then I'm gonna let it be let down. So therefore, like I feel about like, okay, well done, I'm claim for all that. So I, I you take responsibility for your fuck ups and if, exactly. you, if you think you need praise, do it as well. Yeah, no, no I mean, I think you're a powerful advocate for your way of life and for boxing and for for recovery and stuff like that. So I think yeah. it's a, there's a good future there for you. Hundred percent. Yes, yeah. you can yeah. use your you can use your past experience. I stop getting punched in the head. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a bit of head movement. You don't need to. Yeah, yeah. Move the head. Yeah, well, that's why we always pick up that couple of Move the head. Yeah, yeah. Move the head. Keep the hands up. That that is helpful, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, it's it's um. It's been a great, it's been a great journey, man. These last seven years, like, since I got clean this over. Life, my life has been an absolute whirlwind, man. Do you know what I mean? And like, there's no one to blame for about myself, for the wrongs, for the rights. That's something I live by today, like that I'm a product of my decisions. You know what I mean? I decide how my life is going to go. You know what I mean? I'm a big believer in God. And, and I think, I believe God has given me these, these opportunities in my life. And it's also given me the mentality that if I'm in a mood in the morning, it's because I've decided to be in a mood. It's because I've fed the bad words instead of feeding the good words inside me. You know what I mean? And that's how I look at it. So in the morning, when I, when I went to bed at night, I pray and I say, thanks for the day I've had. And when I come in the morning, I pray and I say, give me a good day. Thank you, my family says. That's, that's all I do. And that's, that's what I do to keep my life, my life going. Now, not every day is great. There's some days that I don't want to get out of bed. My attitude can be to take over. My head can be absolutely all over the place. And I can just want to pull the covers over my head and fuck life. But no matter what goes on, I'm a man, I gotta get up and do what I have to do. I gotta put food on the table, I gotta be there for my kids, my wife, I gotta be there, I gotta go to the gym, I gotta train. No matter how I'm feeling, I have to do that, man. You know, and, and that's the mentality I have today, and that's the mentality I live by today. And, you know, your mind has to be stronger than your emotions. That's how I, that's how I look at it. You know what I mean? Everybody else's mind, but that's how I look at it. And once I keep that, once I keep that, I can, I can keep everything under, under scratch, you know, and keep, keep it going smooth. Smooth, no longer a rocky road, a nice smooth path. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm focused on just on no, just the Kelly Tiny in time. It's a big fight on a massive show with, with absolutely great fighters. I'm a big fan of Tyrone McKenna. You know what I mean? Tyrone War McKenna. I mean, I like War. Tyrone is War. So, like, I'm looking forward to his fight. Luke Healers on the card. You know, a lot of lads came across and Kevin Carter on the card. So, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to a great night. I'm focused on down. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to a great fight and I'm looking forward to a great night. Yeah, well, that's great stuff. And uh, we definitely need an experienced campaign. A lot of new corners on the scene, so we definitely need a few experienced campaigners are along there yeah. to keep carrying along. Look, it's been a rocky road, Graham Cork. Thank uh, you, boy. Look, I'm delighted of coming down to Limerick to meet you today. Thanks for your blog. Thank you very much. And, uh, really enjoyed it. That's been a pleasure. I'm sure people will really enjoy listening to your story.